You are listening to Critical End, episode number 66. The first episode to be recorded on James Cameron's new podcasting equipment. It makes everyone blue. Excellent this week. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's just been my week, Ryan. What's going? It's already. It's only Monday. It's been your week already. Yeah. Oh, well, let's see. Uh, the rash cleared up. Okay. That's something. Found the Nazi gold I've been looking for all these years. Oh, Uncle uh, Tim Rick's Nazi gold. Yeah, it was in the hamper. Um, that's been about it. But the rash was a big. That was nice. Yeah, that swastika shaped rash. That was really embarrassing. On the forehead too. Right. Explains the yeah. It's the, they let me be Pope still for a week. I, you know, I won the contest. <laughs> yeah, they, you won at the radio contest fair and square. Right. They can't take... In. Right, absolutely. Seems like those DJs don't take their jobs seriously enough. I don't know. I was to do a Pope joke where I was like, And Logan, it's the Pope! But I realized he's not Italian. No, he's German. That's why the know, swastika makes total sense. Well, this so is getting really racist really quick. <laughs> Have you noticed that? How dare you call the Pope a racist Nazi, right? Hey, all, Is that what you said, exactly? I don't want to overgeneralize here, but all popes are Catholic, Logan. We all know it. Which no one's afraid to say I it. Wasn't. Like I wasn't. I was the first pope for a week that wasn't Catholic. <laughs> really? Nope. Uh, well, that, that, by the way, I, I support all your pope policies that you enacted. Uh, I think you were a pretty great pope. <laughs> Every overall. chance I got. Mm-hmm. Most of them were just involved bringing me pizza. Now... The requests I had at the time. <laughs> getting closer to the show itself, um, I want to point out that this is an interesting episode because... This will be the first time where I think you know a lot more about the subject matter of a long, long series than I did. But what I mean is I'm comparing it to, like, the comic book movies where I've been able to tell you, oh, well, Spider-Man was uh, born in Brooklyn. Or <laughs> Queens, actually. And, Boring. Uh, but, but, you know, you've been able to come, you know, and talk to me about, like, The Watchmen and whatnot. Uh, whereas you are a much bigger fan of the Resident Evil games than I am. It's true, yeah. And I actually played these... Um... Well, a few months ago, I guess I would say. Yeah, I'd played uh, Zero through Four, and then for good measure, I threw in Code Veronica as well. Mm. Um, this is something you and I had started to do a while back. I actually played them in the like actual order they take place, in chronological order. Um, yeah, so I, I, would... I, I wouldn't call myself a Resident Evil expert, but I know which herbs to mix and when. You know I, mean. <laughs> I do. I do kind of know what you mean. Um, um, yeah, you I, pick I, up... I just sat and watched you when we were roommates play through. <laughs> just no, like no, you no, sat and I watched you all day. <laughs> I hope it wasn't weird. Uh, you You're re- like, Logan, are you going to play Resident Evil today? <laughs> Not today, Ryan. I'm like, I'm Pope again. <laughs> Guy calls in a lot. <laughs> um, no, but I would watch you run through them uh, and, and just, you know, enjoy it from the story perspective. And I always thought they were pretty cool. And then I actually ended up playing the fourth one before you. And then you, you did you play the fourth one for the first time recently? Or? For the first time recently, myself, all the way through. Excellent game. Isn't it a great game? It's different from I- the others, but... Like, I already want to go back and play it again. I now have, like, every single upgrade, so I'm, like, pretty much invincible. Right. So you played it, like, three times. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, but the other thing uh, is that I also played 5. That was a while back. But I can... I remember all the highlights of 5. I remember I didn't like the game itself so much, but... Did you finish I'm, I only said because some of... Are you finished? Is that what you said? No, did you finish 5? Yes, I did. Okay. I actually... I think I told you about this. I, I played it with... Uh, another person the week it came out, and one night we finished it like uh, in a uh, seven-hour marathon or something. It's not a very long game, apparently. Well, no, no, it wasn't, and it's you know it's two people, so like he had already gone through and beaten it, so he kind of like just led me the rest of the way. I played uh, like Shiva, that stupid girl, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's her um, full name. Uh, yes, <laughs> Shiva. It's African, right? Um, and yeah, it just wasn't. I don't know. Anyway, but I only bring that up because there are parts in the new movie that deal with that as well. Right. But meanwhile, uh, as far as the source goes, yeah, I've also seen uh, all four movies now, and I consider myself somewhat of a fan of both. Well, I had only ever seen the first two. I saw the first one, first Resident Evil movie. You know, it was okay. You clearly liked it a lot more than I did. Uh, one person, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then the second one I thought was, at the time pretty goofy and i was like all right you know that's fine 
it, you know, then I didn't see the third one, and the fourth one was coming out. And even so much, when we talked about seeing the fourth one, I actually didn't really guarantee you I was going to see the first three again. I was like, ah, maybe I'll get around to that, but I'll see the fourth one. Uh, but I did end up watching all three before this one. And, oh, I'm so happy to hear it. Yeah, and I have uh, sort of a newfound affection for the series. Uh, I, okay. First of all, just that they've kept going. There are four of these yeah. things. And despite the fact that everyone hates them, it seems. Like, it's it's really only the fans of the games I talk to, but mm-hmm. I have yet to find really any big fans of the games that like the series, the movies. Right, and their biggest complaint yeah. is that, they're like, well, it's not the games. Right. Well, obviously it's not the games. I get that. And I, I guess I was the one person who managed to put that aside when I went to the first movie. But we can just kind of jump into the reviews in order here if you want to, because I was about to say, one of the things I liked about the first movie is that the story is set up as a, almost a prequel to the games. Um, uh, before yeah. Resident Evil Zero even existed, actually. I can see that. Now, I mean, you'll have a much better memory of the plots of the games, but the first one, you know... Now, is Alice a completely fabricated character, or does she appear in any of the games? No, she is. Um, it's uh, She's waking up, and the beginning of the first movie is taking place in the Spencer Mansion, which is directly ripped from the games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, of course, the zombies, which are as well, the dogs, etc. And the funny thing is, like, he really... When you look at uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, who directed, who directed only the first and fourth one, but wrote all four of these... Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of, like, did a pick-and-choose type thing, because even, like, the biggest villain from the first game, Tyrant, doesn't even show up until the second, or until the third movie, excuse me. So it's kind of funny, because, like, I don't know, the, like, the big, like, final boss in the first movie is the Liquor, which um, had a big reveal in the first game, but right, actually, right. no, Liquor didn't even show up until the second game, so this is getting really confusing here. So he just kind of, like, uh, did a pick-and-choose of what he wanted, but it's been weird over the course of this entire series to see who he's worked in and where. So wait, hold on. Is Alice... I misunderstood. Is Alice... No, Alice is completely made up. Okay, yeah. she's brand yeah. new. Which is weird, because, uh, you know, the people who come down on the movies who love the games, the the games ended up actually stealing from the movies. The fourth game, Resident Evil 4, actually features a, uh, a part where Leon goes into a room that has the lasers just like in the first and third movie. Right, 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 right. She gets to survive. It was actually really fun to play that part, too, in the game. I was really excited. Right. All right, well, that's cool. So for people who don't uh, know the movies or game, what's the quick premise on Resident Evil? Just well, as we're talking about the first movie. Just in the way of the first movie. Well, let's well, go ahead way. and say, Ryan, that uh, we'll ruin everything up until the fourth movie. Okay, is that cool? Yeah, you, get you have time to. time has passed between the first three. And if you're listening to this, you're probably either thinking of seeing the fourth, in which case you're going to watch the first three anyway, or, you've, or you're going to see the fourth because you've watched the first three anyway. So let's just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, the, the first movie, the basic plot is uh, we have Alice, you mentioned, um, who wakes up, she has no clue where she is, who she is, anything about what's going on. Um, suddenly this team of SWAT guys move in, and they tell her that there's been an incident in the hive, and next thing you know, they're on this um, train uh, directly ripped from the second game, and they're going down to the hive, which is set underneath this mansion that we find out she lived in, right. and obviously as it goes along, we find out more. It turns out that um, she actually uh, was sort of a guard for that mansion, which was the entrance to the hive in Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. Um, a uh, She's the head uh, of security, basically. She's the head of security, right. There's a few twists where uh, she kind of had this setup going where she wanted to bring Umbrella Corporation down, um, and she had someone else on the inside who was going to do that. Uh, and then there's twists as who, okay, well, of these, like, six or seven people, who is that? Um, and I don't know. I, I think the first movie not only had great atmosphere, but it had this good mystery going for it as well. Um, and it, like I said, I was happy that it wasn't the games, because otherwise I would have been bored, because, what, I'd be stuck in a mansion shooting zombies the whole time. Yeah, I mean, we, we haven't mentioned that yet. A... I mean, the whole point of Resident Evil is essentially killing zombies. That's the, yeah. that's the, the thing. I mean, the first game is really as simple as you can get. It's, you're in a mansion, find a way to get out before the end of the night. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I'm glad the movie did not do that. Yeah, that would, have not, would not have held water for an entire movie, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was cool that the stuff they did change. It, it, uh, it seemed like it was a good sort of expansion of the basic plot. Um, and which, by the way, we should mention the Umbrella Corporation is the evil corporation that runs everything, and they created this uh, virus called the T-Virus, which turns people into zombies. Um, yes, it, uh, right. There's, yeah, well, uh, we'll leave it at that. It gets super complicated is what the T-Virus yeah, yeah, yeah. do. Um, but anyway, uh, in the end... Uh, well, well, hold on. We'll get to the review of this movie, then we'll move on. So, but in the end, basically, um, she's the one sole survivor, and she wakes up, uh, I think, a few months later, uh, to realize that now the virus has actually gotten out of the hive completely, and it's spread through Raccoon City, and that's the end of the first movie. Right. Um, as far as this movie goes, like I've already said, I like it. Um, and I rewatched it again. This probably has to be like the upteenth time I've watched this movie, right, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Um, and it still like holds my attention so well. I think. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson I th- has always kind of gotten a lot of flack. Um, he's done a lot, you know, he's the guy behind Mortal Kombat. That's kind of what launched his career. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think you and I stand by like his Alien vs. Predator, if anything. Yeah, um, I we're the only two, apparently, yeah. I think he's always been kind of a good nerd to bring into these movies, and I think he did Resident Evil uh, justice um, in that he didn't just steal it and make this kind of like Bourne film that I guess a lot of people really wanted, where you were just stuck in a, a mansion shooting zombies. Um, he The direction even had this nice amount of flair to it, and he wasn't working on a huge budget. It's kind of interesting to look at this first film in retrospect to like where the series ends up going, because it really ends up like taking place all over the world, while this first film's kind of just like stuck down in this little bunker. Yeah, and you can definitely tell that he didn't have as much money as he did for even something yeah. like Mortal Kombat. I mean, the digital effects, it's one of the knocks this movie. The digital effects aren't yeah, good. I absolutely agree. And there's really only one big one. It's the uh, the liquor mm-hmm. um, itself, which there's only really one of those in the first movie, too. Um, but no, I, I, I don't know. He, he did a great job, and the acting's a little over the top sometimes. But I don't know. To be honest, I like that, too, because I thought that was kind of uh, Resident Evil-esque. You know, the Resident Evil games are known for their bad voice acting. It's true. Um, although, and it kind of shows up throughout the movies, too, in a way. Since the games are Japanese, then translated, then voiced by, you know, low-pay American voice actors, it's right. more of an excuse than it is for a brand new uh, movie to be that way. But yeah, some of the acting is definitely well, not I, great. Yeah, to be honest, I don't, this is probably his interest. I don't think he's telling his actors to talk that way. Um, he's just kind of, you know, no, he like, just, okay, we're done, let's move on. Yeah, he kind of just had... I think he's a good visual director, but it doesn't seem like he's amazing with actors. As long as they can hold a gun right, I think he's happy. I will say that uh, Mila Jovovich is pretty good for the part. I mean, she definitely gets the the idea. She's a good ass-kicking broad, and she's uh, got a fair amount of emotional range as well for when it... The few times it's needed in this series. I agree. Um... And I don't know. She brings the she she shows the right emotion too. For okay, well maybe I shouldn't be on her side. Maybe she really is a bad person or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I go for, I don't know. I like this first movie. Uh, I think when I initially saw it, I rated it as high as like a nine. But looking back, that's my guilty pleasure rating. But I do stand by an eight for this first Resident Evil film. Wow, really? Um, I really do. And it's not it's not something I'm proud of. I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, but okay. I don't. Know, I'm not really. It's like the first, and as you'll find out, the fourth film in this series. Like I can't really stand by my ratings, and I have more bad stuff to say about them, especially this new one, um, than my rating reflects. Um, but yes, I give the first Resident Evil film an eight, um, but I don't expect you to rate it anywhere near as high. I'm, no. not take, I'm not talking to you, Ryan. I'm talking to them in general. Well, you can, um, yeah, I, I, you can expect the same from me, basically. I, I, I thought it was. Um, decent for what it was. It had a ton of flaws. There's a lot about the story, just about like the same as the Resident Evil games. A lot about the story that doesn't make a ton of sense. The acting's not great. The effects aren't great. And it's, as a zombie movie, it's, um, it doesn't bring anything new to the table. It's sort of very basic in its treatment of the whole zombie uh, yeah, story. It's kind of sad because the first one, looking back, is really the only, well, I don't know, possibly the second one, or the only two like actual zombie films in this zombie franchise. Um, the zombies kind of get phased out as the series goes along. Yeah, I think even the second one, that wasn't a big issue. Right, right. He's, um, he moves on like bigger creatures quickly. Uh, but so, yeah, and I, I view this to me, I gave this movie a six. I thought it was, you know, decent, worth, worth seeing, I, you know. I think that's almost what it really deserves, to be honest with you. I, I think so. Uh, I view this as your X-Men, because you, like, couldn't fathom why I liked X-Men. And I, and I I don't know if... if, if he, I'll take that step further. Comic book movies in general. Like, I leave the theater. I'm like, why do people like that movie? It's so goofy and over the top. But Resident Evil is that. I think you're exactly... I think you were right at the beginning of this podcast. You mentioned, like, oh, you know, it's kind of like Watchmen that way. I know the source material, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that I like this movie more because I know the source material. Because obviously people who know the source material do not like it. But I really um, but do just, think that's the case, though. I don't think you would have liked this movie as much if it wasn't if it wasn't called Resident Evil. No, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I don't know. for The first game... Uh, the first movie, um, it does it does so much. If you haven't seen the series, I think you really want to watch this movie. Or if you haven't played the series, you really want to watch this movie. Uh, but even if you play the series, he did, he throws in like the right spices too. He's like, okay, here's a hint about this. There's this great like the roll line about Nemesis. And you're like, well, that's the origin of Nemesis that they never explain in the game. See, that's um, that's me in the theater during Iron Man when he explains that uh, he works for Shield. I'm like, Shield, yes. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but that being said, Anderson quickly dropped all that. Now it's just. It's that's the whole just spicing it thing is gone. Now he just makes big references to the game, which make no sense in this movie world. Because you're like, well, hold on, what's even happening now? Um, which we'll get to that in the fourth one. Yeah. So anyway, things Anderson left the franchise. I believe that's when he went to work on Aliens vs Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he had scripted the second film, so that went the action with a director I do not know who was pretty much terrible. Um, I think he took all the uh, the kind of like the slow motion scenes and the the drawn out action stuff in the first film, just really exaggerated it for the second film. 
Yeah, there is a ton of slow motion in the second one. And the, as you said, the big problem is we're getting fewer and fewer zombies, which is weird. And the um, the action scenes aren't really that interesting. No, they're kind of, they're mostly but it's and it's kind of stupid too. And it's I don't know the score makes it even worse. But people like jump out of helicopters and start firing their guns down below them. It's I don't know. It's a little goofy. Um, and it's really when the acting went off the rails completely too. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I feel like sometimes I, I don't know. I, I felt like a lot of the actors in the second one were badly dubbed or something. It's that bad. There are some definite like weird. It's, I guess it's AR work or something. There yeah. There's some little foreign characters too. Um, yeah. But like uh, the the sort of like I don't know escaping the city thing that could have been good. The, the idea of the second movie is that it's Raccoon oh, yeah, City so now, and the whole city is now being quarantined because the T virus has gotten into the city and they've got to get out. Um, and it's got uh, the dude who plays the British guy on Mad Men is trying to get his daughter out, um, which is a cool sort of idea of like I need to get my daughter out. If you help her, I'll help you, and that kind of right. works a little bit. Um, and um, it delves into to, to more of the it dives into more of the the umbrella stuff. So from a movie standpoint, you find out more about this company. Um, it it pretty much is a direct sequel. It picks up right where the last one left off. Um, it does go out of its way to explain the whole Nemesis thing, and that was one of the few highlights in the movie for me. Um, and I thought that was we're talking about interesting fight scenes, which mostly this movie's full of. That one I thought was okay. That was the only um, interesting thing linking those yeah. two movies together is the Nemesis character. Um, but the only thing that really, that was cool enough, and that was coming towards the end of the movie, where I was pretty much down the rest of the movie, and that happened, I was like, okay, this is the fight that I wanted, so this is cool. And it also leads to the next twist, that while she was out for those two months or whatever that I mentioned before, um, they ran some tests on her, and they pretty much turned her into Project Alice, Mm -hmm. which is this type of nemesis uh, program, so pretty much she's an umbrella, while she was an umbrella employee, now she's an umbrella experiment. Right, um, and that was really cool. And the end of this movie takes even a step further, where they can kind of turn her on, turn her off, and they've given her uh, like carryish powers. Uh, yeah, which is kind of awesome. now it's uh, unclear as to why. This is the first big question I have: is like, why did they do that? Like, why did they choose her? And also, well, why was she the only one this worked with? Because they can't replicate this experiment elsewhere. Yeah, they never explained. Well, the reason why they chose her was because she was the only one who managed to survive the T virus, and they. When she was passed out between the first and second film, they ran these tests on her, and they discovered that she had this uh, whatever against it. Um, and it could have been something she picked up in the hive. We obviously don't know where this came from. I don't know if they'll get into it later in the, game, later in the series of movies. Um, but to be honest, I doubt he will, because it seems like he's just blatantly ignoring stuff that doesn't suit his fancy right now. Yeah, I mean, I th- um, she survived because she never got bitten. I mean, it's impressive, but anyway. Right, right, right. But the other guy who kind of survived, quote-unquote, uh, you know, went, became nemesis in the end. Right. Um, so... I, I don't know, a few questions are answered here, but mostly just brings up more questions. But I don't, I don't know. After the second film was over, I didn't have more questions so much. So I was like, okay, cool, let's see where he takes this then. Right. Um, and he, they did announce the next sequel right after. So that was Resident Evil Apocalypse. Second I one's Apocalypse, yeah. Second one, yeah. Um, which I was mostly down on the whole time. I, just, I was really excited about that movie, too. That was one of the first films, Ryan, that I remember going online and doing like extensive research to find like pictures that had gotten snuck out from and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it was a big letdown. And, you know, you might say, well, it's because you're really pumped for the movie, Logan. But it's not that at all. It's just a pretty bad movie. And yeah. it's really deserving, like, of a three or four. But I, I give it a five. And I will stand by that five for Logan's sake. I gave it a five as well. I don't think it's reprehensibly bad. I don't think it's a three or four, actually. I think that it's... It's not, like, offensive in any way. No, it's only a little bit worse than the first one. But, it, unfortunately, it's, like, all that, all those little extra things that made the first one interesting are gone. And now it's just sort of mediocre. It's actually boring is its problem. Uh, yeah, it really is. They're kind of just walking around a lot. Yeah, the action scenes are uninteresting. Everything it's like is playing like, the, everything's super like, hardcore techno music, you know. Right, oh, that was the worst of it. Really, really kind of not not compelling at all. It reminded me of playing the uh, scenes from... It reminded me of playing the game and the scenes where there's no zombies. Mm-hmm. We are just kind of walking by and there's atmosphere, but even that in the game, that's better. Because you're like, is something going to jump out of me? But that never happens in the movie so much. Yeah. And also introduced LJ, who, a character I found incredibly annoying. Yeah, um, he's not great. Not a great character. I pretty much wanted to die. And that was If you're going to like bring in people from the games, that's cool. But don't create characters who are annoying who weren't in the games. Well, we should track that, though. Let's talk about who's in the second movie that was from the games. Well, the second one is, if you want to, okay, the first one we'll say is a prequel to the series. So there's nowhere you can really place in this series. You can guess, I guess you can kind of compare it to the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, the second um, movie, Resident Evil Apocalypse, is directly the, the third game, pretty much, Resident Evil Nemesis. 
um, where you're Jill running around. She even wears the exact same outfit in the movies. Um, it's also slightly uh, Resident Evil 2, where you're Leon and Claire. Um, but only so much that Leon and Claire were the first two characters and the first chance you had to kind of explore Raccoon City itself. Yeah. Um, and so all that was really cool. And I like the, I, I don't know. I guess it's one of the reasons I was super pumped for that movie once I read all that stuff. Um, he brought the liquors back uh, and major forces. Even though I think it's hilarious because the big deal of the liquors, they even introduced this in the first movie too, is that they are blind. They can't see. And the deal in the games where you could walk by them if you were quiet, right? right. Well, for some reason, there's liquor vision in the second movie. Did yeah. you get that at all? I, I don't quite understand where that was coming from. I didn't remember they were blind, but I do remember being able to walk by them if they were quiet. That's true. Uh, so um, that's kind of weird. But hold on, uh, let's let's run it down though. I want to know who from the second movie was from the video games. Okay, so the first movie we movie we have uh, mention of Wesker, and that's it. So nobody there. Right. The second movie uh, we have Jill Valentine. Okay, who is uh, she? Have, she's like a cop, right? Yeah, who did, who I forget Sienna something I think is her name Shauna I don't know. She did a great Jill, and it's pretty much that the designer looked just like Jill from Resident Evil Three. Um, but it, her character was kind of a throwaway though. It was kind of worthless. Um, I was, but, I was reading uh, though that she actually like modeled her like sort of like you know ready animation and her like sort of like I'm hurt animation off of the video that. Games. Exactly. She even like holds her wrist. It's yeah. amazing. Um, that part was cool, but her acting not so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I love the scene where she just walks to the police and she starts shooting. Don't <laughs> yeah. shoot her. Exactly. Like oh she's a cop. It's cool. Um, even though she's not in uniform and it's you know when you play a video game and you're a main character running around in zombie apocalypse in a mini skirt and tube top. You don't think twice about that, but when you see it in a movie, it's pretty goofy. Right. Um, uh, so they try to explain anyway. that by saying there's a heat wave. Yeah, right. <laughs> which is even dumber. Right. Anyway, uh, so let me think. Jill Valentine, Nemesis shows up, and I believe that's it. Let me think. No, Carlos. I'm sorry. Carlos uh, is not to be confused with Angel. They're both kind of like guys who are sent in. Carlos, I believe, shows up in the third game as well. Okay. There's a, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's the third game. And he's this like, sort of SWAT dude? Um, yeah, who was, like, uh, I believe in the games, it was uh, Umbrella's, like, force that they sent in to clean up the town. Okay. Um, and that kind of fell apart, and they abandoned them. And so I, I don't know if he's mentioned being part of that in the movie or not. I think, I, he I think he is. I think, yeah, I mentioned several times he mentions he being left behind. Yeah, he got left behind. And some of his pals are from uh, the series as well, the, se- the game series. Okay. But I think that's it for the uh, second film. So the uh, there's the Doctor Doctor Ashford, but that's not, like, Ashford is referenced in the games, right? But it's not that same character. Yeah, I think Ashford might show up once or twice, but that's... Well, I, I don't know. I guess we should list him, too. I was about to say, I won't list the ones that are kind of just, like, named only, but we get to that... Like, the movie series eventually gets to that, where they're just kind of dropping names now mm-hmm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we can list him, too. All right, so at the end of this one, they um, uh, they basically uh, capture Alice again, and but then her newfound friends kind of spring her, and they sort of, like, ride off into the sunset, right? That's right. And so that leads into uh, Resident Evil uh, Extinction. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, is kind of like the Mad Max of Resident Evil films. This one kind of happens in a weird place. Uh, almost nowhere near the games, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it picks up um, even later now in the apocalypse, as we learned from her, the opening has the, the zombies, uh, T-Virus, has spread all over the world. Um, and the last few survivors are constantly on the move. Um, when it picks up, uh, Jill's not mentioned at all, which I thought was weird when I first saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Claire is, for the first time ever, Claire was uh, a character you had in the second game, um, who's cool. Claire came into Raccoon City to look for her brother Chris. Right. Um, that's not mentioned anywhere at all in the third film. It's just kind of Claire's hanging out with him. That's what's going on. A few of the... the uh, yes, that's right. A few of the Motley crew from, there, from the second film show up as well. LJ and Carlos are both there. Uh, so now anyway, they're on the move. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Alice is separate from them, kind of doing her own thing. Uh, basically, she's, uh, I don't know if she's meaning to do this or not, but she's kind of in a roundabout way getting around to uh, destroying the whole Umbrella Empire. Like, she says that, yeah, well, it's, at some point between the second and third movie, she realized that they were tracking her, so she broke into a Detroit Umbrella facility and, like, erased herself from the system or whatever. Um, or erased some tracking thing. She, she, like, downloaded the satellite information and just stayed yeah, out of there. Yeah. She knows how to, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Anyway, where all this ends up going is not so great till the end. Because, I don't know, the, most of this movie kind of dragged for me, and I wasn't super excited about anything yeah. happening. I'm glad that they kind of cleaned up all like the visually over-directed stuff in the second film, um, and kind of the dumb action. And I like the slower pace, kind of worked for it, but Alice had this cool thing going for it. So eventually, around the time they get to uh, Vegas, I think this movie kind of picks up. Well, the cool um, thing about the, about the fight scenes for the third one is she has those double knives, mm-hmm. which actually, yeah, was- I think, was a good move for the series. 
I agree. Um, and uh, this one was, I should mention, was directed by the same guy who directed the Highlander, the first two Highlander movies. Oh, yeah. Which is a bit odd. Anyway, so where this one ends up going is uh, towards the end, her and, oh, I should mention there's a character now called Kmart. And when asked about what that, she's you? like, that's where they found me. Wah, wah, wah. This is, once again, like, this is LJ all over again, okay? Even though LJ died, I was happy about that. What a um, weird but, like, choice. Yeah, when you, if you're going to put characters in your movie that aren't from the games, then, like, don't make them annoying. I, I wasn't too, too thrilled about Kmart. She really doesn't do anything either. Now, we're supposed to feel for her, too, for some reason. To be clear, it's uh, not like this is like a toddler. Like, we found her in Kmart as a baby. We didn't know what her name was. Like, no, she's like 18. She had a name. Yeah, she just changed right. it to Kmart. <laughs> she's like, I never liked my other name. Kmart's a better name. My other huh. name was Walmart. Everybody made fun of me. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she they find that there's uh, possibly um, a unaffected zone in Alaska, of all places. Mm-hmm. Because um, Palin's up there, she's firing those zombies, right? Just take care of it. Right. Uh, so <laughs> they're all headed off. Grizzly zombie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're all, uh, <laughs> uh, never mind. Um, they're all heading off to Alaska. Meanwhile, Alice is like, um, you know, I've just so happened to show up at this place where I know, uh, um, what's her name? Dr. Isaacs is doing all these experiments. So I'm going to go take him out. So we get the first uh, inkling of Alice kind of going after the people who turned her into this. Um, she, uh, Dr. Isaacs, meanwhile, has gotten bitten, so he inject. he's from the second film. He's kind of from the first film, even though it was really wasn't him playing the part. Right. Um, he has inject. he's gotten bitten, so he's injected himself with an overdose of the, uh, antivirus. So then he becomes the tyrant, which was the villain from the first game. This is all very confusing if you're a fan of the games. Uh, but it was really cool. That was nice to see, and it was even better to see them bringing back some of the set pieces from the first film. That was nice. Yeah, that was cool, and we should talk about that because they, they're trying to replicate Alice now that she has yes, gone rogue. introduces the clone Alice's at the beginning of this movie, and it's kind of a cool opener. It goes back to the first one for me. Yeah. Um, to see, like, oh, Alice just died? Hold on, we're like five minutes in this movie. Then you see that they've actually cloned her, and that was kind of cool. But not only have they cloned her, every new clone gets put run through a training sequence that is essentially the best scenes from the first two movies. Movies. Yeah, which is kind of awesome. And too. if she dies, that's then that wasn't a good clone. But like they're trying to get well, like one that can actually get through it. What we're learning is that the clones actually all have their own. Uh, they all have their own memories, obviously, but they also learn from each other too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something with the clones that all connect back to the original Alice, and that's how they kind of know how to survive different parts of this maze that they're put through. Now, this is where I started realizing that there was a lot from this series that was taken from the Alien movies. Where they True. have uh, the the Ripley character and Alice characters are pretty similar, and they had uh, basically they have like this sort of like one woman against everything in the first movie. They have protecting a little girl in the second, just like aliens, mm-hmm. and then the third one. Well, actually, it's the fourth alien movie, but there's tons and tons of clones of her. So I was right. like, oh wow. Anyway, well, you know, for, you know, Anderson's done an alien movie in a way. Uh, Alien vs. Predator. So oh, yeah, I mean, that's kind true. Of, I kind of go there. He's a fan, obviously. Speaking of that girl, um, did we ever learn what happened to that little redhead girl from the end of the second one? Did they ever say anything about her? Uh, she no. She, Wait, yeah, she got away with them. I assume we, she died because they talked about how they lost so many people. Yeah, well, all right. um, but I, I don't know. I liked how they kind of stuck with the security system too. In the first one, we see the, the security is like this little girl. Um, yeah. In the second one, we actually see the little girl she's modeled after. And the third one, it's kind of like an updated that little girl, which is even cooler. But um, that girl was a plot point. She had like a, a bunch of T virus in yeah, her. Yeah, and the right, right. And they the just sort of dropped it. Yeah. I don't know. Knowing how the series is going, they, that's something they could possibly bring back any time. True. Sure. Um, anyway, uh, second one starts off strong, drags in the middle, uh, ends on a really high note. Where after she fights, you mean the third uh, one, right? The the third one. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm still. I'm kind of messed up with the games too. Um, ends on a really high note where uh, not only does she kill Tyrant in this really cool way, I thought, um, which shows that she's kind of like learned this process after all. Mm-hmm. But then she, she goes, oh, and by the way, I should mention Wesker has really shown up now for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, play from the guy from the short-lived Life on Mars ABC series. It's now, hard to see. Wesker's like a big villain from the video games, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he shows up in uh, technically zero if you want to play chronological order, but he really showed up like going all the way back to the PSP, uh, or the PS1. Uh, he showed up in the very first game, and it was funny, little Logan playing this game, you were kind of, you were Jill or Chris running around, and you'd run into... Uh, to like your team cat, the stars team captain who was Wesker, and every time you run into him, you're like, hey, you know, bad voice acting, like, what have you been up to, Wesker? Yeah. And he's like, I've been doing nothing. And he'll just kind of walk off. And the little Logan playing this game for the first time, I was like, huh, that Wesker's a good guy. And some of the twists <laughs> happened that he turned out to be the villain the whole time. I was like, Wesker, no! And, and I feel so bad because every time I go back and play it, even the remake, when I replay it, I'm like, it's so obvious he's the bad guy the whole time. Why didn't I see it? And, <laughs> Yes, I 
It really is delivered that way, too. He's like, I was just over there. And he never it's takes like, off his dark yeah. black sunglasses. Like, yeah. it's, he has like a, I love how the, he sticks to that, too. He's wearing a shirt that says, I'm the villain. Um, yeah, so Wesker does yeah, finally become a real character in the so, in the third movie here. And, yes, and in the end, she uh, she uh, like gets in their system, and she's like, I'm coming for all you motherfuckers. Um, she's with, also staffed, I should mention, at the end of the movie. Right. Um, and, um, along with her army of clones. Yeah, along, along with her army of clones. And that's where it ends. Now, uh, the second one, or the third one, uh, uh, so we're at an eight, a five, and the second one was a slight step up, so I'll give it a six, right? Or, I'm sorry, the third one. I don't know why I keep saying the second one. Well, Does there, I, Resident Evil uh, Extinction get a, gets a six for me? Uh, I give it a five again, uh, so it's uh, six, five, five for me. I thought that it was it had the same amount of problems as the second one, but just different ones. Um, I, it, it really That's dragged. Crazy. I'd like the Mad Max thing was cool, but then there really weren't very many zombies. There, the action was a little bit better than the second one, but the story made a lot less sense. Like for example, the very end of the movie, there's like characters who go on like a crazy suicide run and then just leave. Like you could have just went gone to Alaska. Like I don't really understand. They all sort of break into the facility, and then only Alice actually goes into it. Um, right. Well, the point was to get the helicopter. I get it, but it's still a little bit it, of a stretch. It's, it's and loose. also, how it's, the helicopter only seats like five of them. What happened to the whole no, rest I, of them? I'm not, Ryan, this is a really dumb series. <laughs> yeah. Start to look at it. And like I said, he's not concerned with answering very many of his own questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I really, not only have I invested in the series at this point, but I was kind of interested in the characters, and mm-hmm. I knew the way these films were, go, were directed, and this is not high art anyway. And I'm the one who says that I think... You know, the second one definitely deserved like a three or four. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm putting the uh, the third one at, at four, if it, if I was actually rated like that. But I don't know. For me, it's a step up from the second one since it's a six. Um, but I was, I, I thought at the time everyone was saying, well, this is the last one. And himself says, like, this is all I've written. This is it right here. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a great ending because then I can play out the rest of my head where like a million nude Mila Joviches go out there and like kill everyone. <laughs> Which they is were, a great They were nude saying. in your head, of course. <laughs> well, they were nude at the end of the movie too, so uh-huh. I kept them that way. They didn't find a million of the same outfits, although I guess they had them somewhere because she had the dress on. Now that I think about it, that was kind of stupid. Anyway. Yeah, why do they uh, – the dress is one thing, but those thigh-high boots are expensive. You don't have to give them I, to every clone. It's an umbrella corporation. I think they can afford it. All right, fine. Um, but I was happy with that as the end. Okay. Now go back about a year. They announced Resident Evil 4. At first, I really don't care so much. Then um, – Maybe a few months after they announced that, I read, I read that Anderson himself is actually directing. And I'm like, okay, my interest is kind of peaked here. I'm glad he's returned to the series. This would be nice. And a few months after that, I read that he's going to be the first person to take advantage of James Cameron's um, – the cameras that – yeah, James the cameras that James Cameron himself actually created, mind you, for Avatar. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is you – know, it's not quite cool, but this will be something interesting that the first film that he's actually licensed to use these cameras is Resident Evil 4. Yeah. This is a weird series, too, because since 2002, they managed to make 40s movies. That doesn't happen in very many series. No, and this is now the longest-running series of movies based on a video game, by, yeah, also, by far. Yeah, there's all sorts of random trivia about that, too, mm-hmm. uh, because this is like also the very first video game movie to be in 3D, I believe, was another trivia bit. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Which is also interesting. So anyway, Resident Evil 4, Ryan... Yeah, so Resident Evil 4, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I went, I had I'd just seen the first three, essentially. I went to the theater, and um, the uh, the movie sort of, um, it starts off much like other ones did, like right where the other one left. Well, not let's not say right where, but picking up right from the plot points of the other Once one. again, yeah, it's like two months later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, essentially she does show up with uh, a couple of clones. Oh, that, well, I'll say this in a second. She shows up with a couple of clones uh, Wes, to the facility where Wesker is. Wesker, now a different actor. Um, you know, has a big drop-down fight with Wesker, and it kind of culminates, this is all the first couple minutes, culminates in Wesker injecting her with this thing that makes her human again, which is a little weird. how much happened just the first couple of minutes this movie. Well, yeah, and that whole yeah. thing was a little weird because I don't know what that had to do with anything. It didn't seem to make any difference to her abilities no. or to her humanity in the rest of the movie. Um, but the cool part about that whole thing, the reason I was immediately on this movie side was, first of all, the 3D was pretty damn cool. I agree, and I, for what's worth, his cameras totally work. Yeah, like it's not just. I, I guess Avatar I kind of wrote off because most of it's CG anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing this played out, I don't know. It looked really good. Uh, the 3D was pretty nice in this film. Yeah, this is a good balance of artful 3D with fun gimmicky 3D. Yeah, either, yeah. There's lots of stuff that's actually thrown at the screen that manages to pop out too, which doesn't seem to happen so much now in yeah. films. So that's the first thing. But the second thing that I immediately gave this movie points for was that. Um, 90% of what you see in the trailer 
comes from this first ten, five minutes of the movie. You know, I told this exact same thing to someone, too, and that made me so happy. Like, yeah. that never happens. Because then after the first five minutes, I'm like, I have no clue what to expect. Exactly. This could go anywhere. And it did. It went to things, like, that I totally didn't expect. Um, part of which was to really not only tie back in all the loose story parts from the last couple of uh, movies, but to really reintegrate the T-Virus and the zombies in a huge, cool way. Um, there was a ton of zombies in this movie, um, which I really they, enjoyed. They kind of get top billing, too, for the first two acts, which was nice. Yeah. Because the series had gotten away from that. It gets, it gets on sort of a more smaller scale where it uh, ends up being she and a couple people trapped in this area surrounded by zombies. Um, so there's that. It excited me because I had, I had a couple actors who I thought were good. I actually had a lot of people with interesting stories. Like, um, I didn't know, like, Claire shows back up, but she can't remember anything. So I was like, all right, what happened to her, and why can't you remember stuff? Um, is this, like, promised land of this, you know, area with no infection real or not? That's still a thing. Is then, it, it's actually, yeah, it's still a mystery, too, for the most part, in the fourth film. you think it'd be solved right away, but it's not. Right. Uh, they meet another character. They sort of land in this prison. They meet another character who may or may not be a murderer, and we don't know what's going on with that, but they, he says he's not, and they have to let him out, etc. cetera. Cool there as well. Yeah, and so it actually sets up a lot of interesting little mysteries, and on top of that, it's this cool zombie movie. Like, that's, you know, a little bit of story along with my action is, is all I ask, and this uh, sort of delivered from the from the beginning. Um, okay, a few set problems here just right off the bat. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I to be honest, I wanted her to go back to normal Alice because that was the not the I was gonna say that's the Alice I can identify with, but that's not the case. I, I don't know. I missed Alice from the first film in a way, uh, and so I'm ha- I think I think he felt the same way, so he had a way to deal with that. I kind of wish it had happened later in the film because it's, it's too soon in the movie. Yeah. Um, to just be like, oh, forget about that. But on top of that, they're also like, forget about all these clones, too. Because especially, I killed them all except for this one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and especially right before that plane crashes where it's like, well, she'd kind of have to be superhuman to survive. Right, right, right. And they kind of, they toss out a lot here um, that happened just even at the end of the last film, um, right away at the beginning. But it's a really cool action scene to be in. The 3D was cool. I was into all that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I, it, after that, I had no clue where the movie was going. Um, there's a lot of surprises, um, some of them not so much surprises if you're a fan of the games at all, like even just the name and you're like, oh, well, I obviously know who this is going to be, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it does get a little silly along the ways if you don't know much about the games. If you're uh, a fan of the, the series of games, you uh, remember like in the, uh, uh, the example that jumps to mind in the fifth game, yes, in the fifth, yeah, it's the fifth game. In the fifth game, you're chasing around this girl uh, with a blonde wig the whole time. Um, and uh, towards the end of the game, uh, you find it, you meet Wesker, and you're like, hey, Wesker, who's this girl with a blonde wig? And he's like, I don't know, but you got a fighter, and so you fight her. Like, <laughs> he's like, off. I don't know, but give her a shot. <laughs> you got a fighter, huh? And oh, Wesker's like sh- uh, red eyes, which first popped up in Veronica, um, are really cool too. Uh, but anyway, and so when you fight her, you realize that it's Jill, and she's become, and you're like, no, Jill, I'm Chris, you know, I hung out with you in the first game, we solved the mystery, we're Snoop sisters. Right. Um, and what, what, the reason she's bad at fighting is because she has this red thing in her chest, okay? Well, that pops up in various ways throughout this fourth film, and it's kind of stupid in this movie. It reminded me of kind of like in the Power Rangers, mm, how when totally. Lord Zed took over, he like put a Z, like he's like, I'm going to prove these putties that Rita Repulsa made and put a Z on the front. This totally. Awesome. That's an and then when the Power Rangers are fighting them for the first time, they're like, hey, just hit the Z and they fall apart. This isn't a <laughs> This is worse. <laughs> and so that's kind of what happens. Like every time these people pop up, they get this giant red thing on their chest. What do you think? Like the Umbrella Corporation, all their mighty powerness would have found a way to hide this better. It's like, oh, I'll just take this off, and now you're fine. Well, it's not even like it fights. Mia Jovi just like, uh, and just pulls it off and throws <laughs> it behind <laughs> really, her. Every time it happens in the movie, the person just pulls it. Like, hold on, I got this. Yeah. They just pull it off. Um, but that's only tossed in there. If you, it's, you know, the fourth film in the series, Ryan, at this point, you kind of have to be a fan of the source material yeah. um, to even know what's going on. And there's so many moments like that. Um, that as, from a movie standpoint, and like I said, if I did not know the source material, I'd just be writing this off. It's like, this is over the top, and this is stupid. Well, it might be part of that sort of fan service that made me kind of like this one again, because you're much more of a fan of the overall series, but this is definitely the one that drew the most from my Resident Evil, which is the fourth one, because that's the one that I played through all the way and really enjoyed. Uh, It's got the little, the guys with the tentacle split heads. Um, really nice. That was. It's good to see that the zombies, as far as the series of movies goes, the zombies have involved to that. Yeah, yeah. It's really kind of cool. But it's even cooler to see that in a movie too, because that was really nice in the games. Yeah, um, uh, it's got a lot of that sort of atmosphere from four. Even the dogs as well. And it's. I think that dude with the giant axe is from five, right? Yes. I was about to say. Now the executioner shows up. We're not ruining anything by telling you that because that's in the trailer, oddly right. enough. 
Um, and yes, that's cool. But once again, if you don't know the series, if you don't know the game series, and for what's worth, it's not explaining the, the games either. Yeah. But you're like, okay, who is this guy when, they, when he pops in the movie? And what is he even doing? Um, and they never really question that either. It's like, that guy's got a big axe. Let's fight him. No, but I do kind of like that the Umbrella Corporation is so large and disorganized that probably they don't even know. Like, did we make that guy? Yeah, did, <laughs> He's kind of just wandering come, around like, L.A. But he even has this great, like, first appearance in the movie where he literally just, like, walks on screen. It's very scary. And in a way, Ryan, like, for that split second of the movie, I had a feeling of this is what the Silent Hill movie should have been. Because um, it's one of those, like, creepy-looking creatures that never talks and just kind of drags around a bloody axe. You know, I was going to um, bring up the Silent Hill movie because I, I I feel the same way that you were talking about talking about the first movie where Silent, it's so diff- the Silent Hill movie is very different from the games, but it still keeps the basic feeling and is an entertaining movie, which is why I liked it, but you still didn't like it. Uh, well, okay, the thing is, there's not much story to go from for Resident Evil anyway, and he did a great job with this series of movies by giving us some actual story and some texture and some stuff going on here. Well, Silent Hill the game had an amazing story, I think, and a lot of detailed background. Mm-hmm. Silent Hill 2 the- had an amazing story. No, 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 even in the first one, like, Ryan, okay, let's get let's just, just say this, okay? okay? After we finished the first game, I had to explain to you what actually happened, because you had no clue. There's that much story. It's not the mark on. of a great story. <laughs> no, no, it's not the mark of a great story, but some mark of, like, there's so much detail here. Okay. There's so much to work with. Well, when Avery wrote that film, he th- completely Silent Hill. He completely threw all that out. He's like, she's lost in town for no reason. A siren goes off. We won't tell you why in the movie because who cares? Uh, things go crazy. Oh, the siren stopped. Okay, now everything's fine again. That was pretty much the entire Silent Hill movie. Nothing was ever explained. He had all this great stuff he could work on the movie. The only thing the Silent Hill movie had going for it was he used the, like he ripped the creatures just exactly from the game series, and that was it. Uh-huh. All right, well, I, I disagree with some of that, but I don't want to take us farther off the rails than I've already No, no, done. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm not – right, right. Um, and I, I think I gave – I mean, we're, I'm say, I'm reading these – you know, you were saying, like, well, you like the Resident Evil series. Like, that's not quite true because I gave the Silent Hill movie a five or a six, uh, which is about average for the Resident Evil series if you look at it that way. That's fair. Um, but anyway, so Resident Evil uh, uh, Afterlife, which is the new one, uh, the fourth one, it, it's got, you know, those are basically the good points. It's got some cool action. I really like the way they went with the story. The problem is some of those mysteries just sort of end up hanging, like um, they sort of end up amounting to nothing, uh, which is sort of what uh, the movie, uh, the previous movies had the same kind of problem. Uh, kind of obvious here. Also, once again, the plot is in full go- goofy, makes no sense force, like, Wesker, yeah, shows up again, and it's like, wait, what? What's he doing? What's his? Wait, what's his plan? Like, I, that. at this no. point, I I don't understand the Umbrella Corporation's like global goals. I don't even know what they want. Well, you know, the series, the game series, got to the point where they finished the Umbrella. They've like, I think like the first three now are known like as the Umbrella years, right? Like all that stuff happened that, and basically four and five is kind of Wesker going rogue, doing all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifth one even introduced this new company that I could care less about. Uh, anyway, so Wesker's kind of doing his own thing, and that shows up in the movies. Now, the thing is, in the fifth game, you actually kill Wesker at the very end. It's really nice. Like, he gets this really cool death scene and everything. It involves Chris punching a rock, Ryan. I kid you not. Um, but that never quite happens in the movie. In fact, in the movie, he refuses to die. Like, every chance, I don't know, every time he dies, it's like, oh, wait, Wesker's walking away, and he looks completely normal again. Although, um, the end of you it... You can only stretch that so far. There was a cool callback to the beginning at the end that I thought was pretty nice. Yeah, uh, it's... There's some neat stuff going on here with Wesker, uh, and th- there's neat, some neat stuff going on at the end of the movie. Like once again, I did not know where this movie was headed, and it, it like it thrills me even further when they get to the, like the ship and whatnot in the third act. The problem with that is that it also like the end itself is really kind of like seriously movie a fifth one. Yeah. Um, where it's you know in the past you could they could have ended it there and you kind of be happy because you're like oh you know I'm gonna use my imagination assume Alice kills all these people etc but no there's no there's no way getting around this time it's like oh now let's fight 400 people right now right and the movie just ends right um it doesn't ruin anything because I think you kind of expect that uh, and even like throws in a slight teaser for that harks back to the earlier films um to like tease you for the fifth one and Ryan just today after seeing this uh after seeing Afterlife I read that. Anderson and Jovovich have both sh- uh, signed up for the fifth film now, um, and that they're both talking it up already, saying it's going to happen. I, and this had the, the biggest opening of all the Resident Evil films, so people still want to see these movies. You know, the depressing thing about a long-running series, uh, sometimes it's entertaining, but like if you look at the Jason movies or the Freddy movies, you know, it's entertaining enough to go through those you know, occasionally. But the depressing thing about any long series of sequels is that they almost always trend downwards. They almost always get continually, continually worse. Um, the only good thing about Resident Evil, well, one of the main good things, is that it actually has stayed roughly the same quality, if not getting occasionally better. 
I would mostly agree with that. I thought Sarge Strong got really weak, and it's been building up since then. Yeah, and so because and it's never gone for me below a five. So because of that, it's kind of just comforting to have this random series of movies that are going to be made for the end of time and always be kind of okay, and yeah, they have zombies it, in them. Unlike the Saw films, was kind of like work your brain. I know that whenever I bring that up, people are like the Saw films really low. They really do. Like the Saw films, you gotta have to pay attention. You don't so much with the Resident Evil movies. You can just pick up any random one, have a good brainless good time with it. I think it's true. Oh. And Mila Jovovich is, you know, not hard on the eyes, and she's good as an action star, so it works out. She hasn't aged in like the almost ten years that this series started. Her so nipples, it all works out well. Her nipples her. look great looking. They're in every movie, so you can judge the course. Okay. <laughs> well, if her nipples already judge the film. <laughs> And I give two nipples up. Um, no, the uh, I don't know. I this one really surprised me. Uh, I'm glad Anderson returned as a director, and he really it's a very. I you thought the second one was exaggerated. He really exaggerates even more than that. But it's in a good way, I think. It plays up the 3D. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna see this movie, see it in theaters because it won't look that great on uh, DVD or Blu-ray. I guarantee it. Yeah, the 3D really is worth seeing if you actually want to see this movie at all. This is one of those things that when they take away the 3D, you're just have some like bad CG film mostly. Yeah. Um, but I like this film enough to give it a seven. Now that being said, I was not happy that this film, that this series is continuing, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just kind of be honest about that. I, it's like I just said, really another movie. And I know I rated it high, but I kind of want this series to end now. Like five will be good. Let's just stop at five, Anderson. How about that? You know, I mean, if if Paul W. S. Anderson continues to write these and they continue to be randomly, you know, of the five or up quality, like I'm like I'm fine watching them. You know, whatever, okay. keep going. What else yeah? Because it just gets crazier <laughs> and crazier. It's like, right. plot-wise, it just gets like, now she's Godzilla. Like, all right, I'll watch it. We'll see. <laughs> that, that will tell you you just read the twist ending of the fourth Ah, um, probably. The, uh, you know, Anderson's career is going that way, where he could probably write a Resident Evil movie a year for the rest of his life and be okay. Yeah. Because um, he's just kind of like, he, I, I, there's never reached a point where he's covered every single video game and, uh, I guess, every single video game made. Uh, and he'll remake some like nerd stuff too. He just, you know, I guess recently he just finished uh, his remake of Death Race 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death Race. So I don't know. There's yeah. plenty of other nerd stuff out there for him to tackle that nerds will complain about. Well, anyway, to that end, I gave this a six. I, I don't still don't think it's quite as good as you did, but I think it was a return to form. And I think I actually like this better than the first one, although not quite enough to be a seven. But uh, I definitely had like you know a reasonably fun time with it. Well, I I pointed out all these flaws, and yes, it's full of flaws and. Honestly, I think it deserves more of a five, but for me, it's it's a seven. I don't know. It's like I said. It's like the first one probably gets like a six. Second one's a four. Third one's a four. This one's a five. But in my head, Ryan, they're all twenties. <laughs> they're they're awesome. No, I, oh I don't know. I, just, I had a really good time with the Resident. Well, at least it's clear what you think. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you saw all these, though. This is a fun series to talk about. I feel like this is kind of like the Friday the Thirteenth series in a way. You and I are certified now to talk about this entire series. Yeah, I was happy to see it because I did get really bummed out by the second one and didn't want to watch them. And so, having watched the third and fourth now, I'm happy to be back on the Resident Evil train. Um, so you invest in like the uh, the Resident Evil Blu-ray pack, which I hear amazing things about. No, I don't think I will. But I did. No. I, I do own two of these movies now. I'll, actually, no, I own three of them because. Uh, I didn't own the first three, so you almost own all of them anyway. Yeah, uh, because I um, I didn't want to uh, disrupt my Netflix queue, but like Amazon had them for like four bucks each. I'm like, ah, oh, screw it. So, and I had one, I had a free like movie anyway, so I got one for free. So for eight bucks, I own the first three Resident Evils on digital format. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it's standard definition. Watch it in a browser though, so it doesn't really mean anything. Gotcha. But I can watch it anytime. That's right. You can just kind of like, hey, look at this. You know, get playing it and walk away. Put your pants back on and turn on Mila Jovovich. <laughs> oh, anyways, that's a fun series. Uh, you know what else is fun? Criticalin.com. Why is that so fun? I don't get it. Because there's, like, uh, reviews. Sure. There's wacky musings okay. from Logan and Ryan right. that are much funnier than the show itself. Um, there's times when we're like, hey, Ryan, what are you doing today? And you're like, hey, Logan, stop using this as a message board. <laughs> um, there's, uh, uh-huh. there's also a Facebook thing that we do. Um, you can like us there. Yeah. Um, iTunes has this lovely thing where we uh, upload our podcast. You can kind of like subscribe to it, and they'll automatically download your iTunes. And while you're listening to him, you can be like, "Hey, Logan and Ryan, you guys are the tops." I decided to leave a five star review to let you know. I uh, um, I'm on right now. I'm hoping that no, it doesn't look like anybody's taking us up on our Logan Rocks the Jukebox iTunes review <laughs> contest. Which we should say again, you if uh, you uh, post a review on a Critical Lens iTunes page that says we're awesome and gives us four stars, and also title it Logan Rocks the Jukebox, uh, something may happen. 
We're not sure what. Uh, if, well, the few people that I talk to, Ryan, um, who actually listen to this show, the few people, the few people in life that I just talked to, yeah. um, they just so happen to listen to the show as well. And from what I hear, everyone seems to be like four or five episodes behind. That's true. Same on your end, too? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I can't argue with uh, with that. I'm the same way with podcasts. So, yeah, maybe in a couple you know, months, someone will actually be like, oh, yeah. I should enter that jukebox contest. And like five, in about five episodes from now, Logan will be rocking the jukebox on iTunes. <laughs> Excellent. Meanwhile, while we're waiting for Logan to rock some jukeboxes, you can go to Twitter. And you can, what do you, do you subscribe to something on Twitter? What do you do? You can, um, you know, Hello. follow us. Yeah. We're at Critical End. Much and, easier than following uh, person. Uh, Although I... That as well. I'm actually fairly easy to follow in person. I have a pretty predictable schedule. I have a big neon sign. It's Logan. Logan. <laughs> Do you carry it? Logan. How's no, it? it equips my backpack. Oh, that sounds... Can... Jetpack one? That doesn't actually work. Yeah. I figure I might as well use it for something. It's like a hunk of metal. Logan. 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 Let me turn that off. Hold on a second. Uh, huh. That's it. Wait, no. No, that's it. Wait, let me Google us. Let's see here. <laughs> Dear Google... <laughs> Stop. Logan rocks the jukebox. <laughs> Nothing ever comes up. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> and I think that's everywhere you can find us, and that's what we do. Yeah. Hey, you know? can't argue with it. It pays the bills, crying. Ryan. It does not pay the bills at all. The imaginary bills that I give myself <laughs> for being too sexy. <laughs> what are you charging? Is it like a ticket? Yes, I'm like, I'm sorry, sir, you're going to have to tone down the sexiness, Logan. Just you in the oh, bathroom sorry, window. $7, that's outrageous, Logan. <laughs> hey, turn that sexiness down. <laughs> sir, please. Your sexiness. Getting that only makes you sexier. Is he, I am so hot right now, sir. Oh, anyway. Uh, we do have fun on this show. We do. But every now and then there's important messages, Ryan. Like this Like one. the time you got AIDS. The message was, don't have sex with Ryan, you'll get the AIDS. <laughs> that was my mistake, I had sex with Ryan. sex with Ryan. And yeah. I got the AIDS. Wait, hold on. Jukebox. There we go. Perfect.